In this message, you will learn. I've had so many powerful testimonies recently of what our men of God declared, and it's happening. I think the week before he left, he just out randomly began to say, in 17 days, somebody will have keys to their house. And it has happened. And it has happened. And it has happened. And it has happened. Somebody called and said, Pastor, we have exchanged. I'm getting my keys. I said, praise God. How to become a fruitful Christian. Amen. Because as a believer, I believe um, everyone was intended to be fruitful. Amen. Father, I thank you this morning that you will speak through me. Holy Spirit, I invite your presence. It's not me teaching your people, but it's you, Holy Spirit. Let my mouth obey to your command. Let my thoughts obey to your commands, Lord. We thank you that you'll flow through me as I speak to your people. These are your precious people who you have great plans for. I pray that this word will come and lighten them up, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So my message is ways of how to become a fruitful Christian. Amen. When you receive Christ into your life, we all received him as a seed. And for him to die, he was a seed. He died as a seed for all the world. Can you imagine the harvest God has reaped through just one seed? You are part of the harvest that God has reaped through just one seed which was Jesus Christ. So our life as believers, we were born to be fruitful. You don't think God will save you if you were not meant to be fruitful? You have a dominion mandate. If God thought your life didn't matter, he wouldn't have made you to hear his word. He wouldn't have made your spirit to connect with his spirit. He wouldn't have made the word to come and dwell in your heart and that you would receive it. Amen. So for that to happen, God had to send his son to show us that for you, I am planning for you to be fruitful in your life. Therefore, I'm giving out a seed. I'm giving out a seed and this seed will be fruitful. It will prosper in that which I send it to do. And Jesus came and here we are as testimonies of what God can do to bring in the harvest, amen. So the same seed for you to be here, your parents met, it might be conducive environment, it might be an unconducive environment, it might be a, a circumstantial environment, but the fact that you are sitting here is a testimony. There were millions who fought for that, the, who fought for that one egg to be fertilized. There were millions of sperms that came, of seeds that came after just one egg. And when that egg was fertilized, you came to life. You can imagine the competition that went on for your life. Amen. And you came out and you are the one who has the golden medal to say, I'm a winner. Amen. You are the one who says, I'm a winner. When you cried your first cry, you were pronouncing that a winner has come. A victorious person has been born because there's so much that happened in the nine months while you are in your mother's womb. Amen. A lot of people have testimonies of what happened to them while their mothers were pregnant. Some mothers tried to abort their children, but they couldn't be aborted and they were eventually gave birth to. And they are here today to give a testimony that they are overcomers. Amen. So we are not starting from a point of defeat. We are already starting from a point of victory. If you are here and you are born and you are sitting here, you can hear me. You are already an overcomer. I can actually just close the message and say, overcomers, go and flourish in the field. Amen. Because you are all overcomers. Amen. So for an overcomer, is there anything that is difficult for an overcomer? No. You've already conquered your first journey into earth. And a seed, even that, added on it, you've received Christ in your spirit. The Bible says, you know, your greater one lives on the inside of you. So if the greater one lives on the inside of you, there is nothing that can cause you to be unfruitful. Amen. Genesis chapter 1 verse 28. 
This is our dominion mandate that we were given. Amen. When God formed the world. And at the end, the Bible says, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Amen. What did God do? He first blessed them. So you are blessed. No one can curse you. Amen. Amen. So he blessed them. That's the first mandate he gave us. He blessed them. And God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So no one can actually say, I am cursed. Because that God says it. Then God bless them. If you are born of God, God has already blessed you. If you receive Christ as Lord and Savior, that was God's mandate. In the beginning, God created us to be fruitful. This is what he sent us with, to say, be fruitful. Multiply, subdue it, have dominion. So everywhere you are, you, you, you need to be in a process of multiplication. Not division, not dividing, not division, not, not subtraction, no. Addition maybe, but multiplication is where you are going to, amen. So God is a mathematician as well. So be fruitful, multiply. Because he knows that if you, multi, if you add, it takes a bit, a long time. But if you multiply, things work out a bit quicker. Fill the earth and subdue it. How many is your product of salvation? Be fruitful. Have a soul. Multiply that soul. Have more souls. Amen? So the earth should be filled with the souls that you have witnessed to. If you are not multiplying, if you are not being fruitful, it means you are keeping your seed. It's like when you multiply anything by zero, one multiplied by zero is what? A hundred multiplied by zero is what? A thousand multiplied by zero is what? A hundred thousand multiplied by zero? A million multiplied by zero? So you've got to multiply it with something, Amen. You've got to multiply what God has given you with something. Look around your life and see how many years have you been born again? How fruitful are you? How fruitful are you? Is, do, you do you even share a testimony of what God is doing? Because some people will never come to Christ unless they know there is something in it for them. Christianity is not one multiplied by zero. I have it, so I will keep it. I will keep it with me until I go to heaven in the good old by and by. <laughs> when I walk through the, the streets of gold, it's just all about me and me and me. Lord, thank you for my mansion in heaven. It's not a, a, a walk of loneliness, a single walk, a non-productive walk of God. Amen. Amen. God intends for us to be fruitful in everything we do. Amen. So what does supernatural mean? Supernatural means it's beyond the natural. Today is supernatural fruitfulness. So it's a God kind of fruitfulness. So the God kind connects with that dominion mandate that we have there. Amen. So it means it's the super plus the natural which causes us to have that partnership. Without God, we cannot have that partnership. Amen. It's like when you do salt. Salt is a product of sodium and chloride. But you cannot eat sodium on its own because it becomes poisonous. And you cannot eat chloride on its own because it becomes poisonous. But when you combine sodium and chloride, hey, today you've come to a physics class, <laughs> and a chemistry class, amen, and a mathematics class, amen. But when you combine sodium and chloride together, they form salt. When you combine hydrogen and oxygen together, it gives you what? Water. 
So together they give you a formed product. Amen. In separate ways, they cannot function. Same with us. The super is God. The natural is us. The fruitfulness comes from God. But when you combine the super and the natural, we yield. Amen. Amen. So when you combine fruitfulness and natural and, and the God and us, we bring fruitfulness. Amen. So when we look there, it says, subdue the earth. Have dominion over the fish of the earth. So the whole earth needs to be subdued. The Bible says the, the, the earth is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. So the sons of God need to manifest in every arena in this world. The world is changing in such a powerful way that you blink and everything has changed. I don't know if you've seen around you. I've gone to a shop. I can't remember when I was trying to think. I went to a shop that I went to a month ago and that shop has shut. I was looking for a saloon around town to buy something for my daughter's hair. And three saloons in town have shut. So there is a rearrangement, but the world is waiting on the sons of God to manifest. And the only way we can manifest is to be fruitful and multiply. When we multiply, the world cannot contain us. Amen? The world of e-commerce is emerging. Everything now you can shop online. You can do your grocery shopping online and it gets delivered on your right, right on your doorstep. You can shop and pick it up at some point after you finished work because things are changing. I was talking with an, another wise woman yesterday and we were saying you can get on the train to London and you don't even know who the driver is. No, not, there's no driver on some of the trains. And that's the world we are going to. Just on telly the other day, they were showing a car that is driverless. So what, what are we doing to get into all these fields? Because the world is waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. The NHS is not the NHS it used to be. What are you contributing if you are in the NHS? If you are in the care industry, what are you putting in? What are you putting in? Be fruitful. Multiply. If you are in the digital arena, things are changing. Even ch children now, the way they are so advanced digitally, it's, it's, it shocks me sometimes. Our little boy, he's only 18, he knows how to minimize the screen and close it. And I was like, what? He knows how to escape when he doesn't like to see something. It's, it's, it's beyond imagination. The world of medicine is, is, is emerging. The things that used to kill people in the past, it doesn't kill them anymore. The cancers that used to affect people, there's so many interventions that are being done at this minute that, you know, will change the world. Cyber security, you are on the internet, you don't know what information people are getting about you, but we need to open our minds to all of these arenas. We cannot just say we are spiritual beings, we focus, the financial world is changing. The way people buy houses anymore. If you don't know, you won't know. There are ways of investing into property that you don't need to have a mortgage to invest in property. Things just are changing. And the only way is for you to rise up. If we all multiply even twice, as much as we are in our minds, in our thoughts, in our actions, in everything we put our hands to do, it is marvelous what God will do with us. Amen. Only if we avail ourselves, don't, don't just say, I'm going to pray and just trust God. Christianity has gone beyond that now. In our industries, we need to infiltrate in our departments, in our workplaces. They should know you are a Christian and you don't take certain things. So many things are going around. They are changing the ways of God. Sexuality is not the same it used to be. They are putting pictures. You know, sometimes I watch telly with my children. And before you know it, people of same sex, they are doing their own thing. Before you know it, you think, and the children say, oh, what's that? And it's happening a lot. And if the church does not rise up and take our stand and say who we are in our workplaces, where we are, let them know you believe in this and that's it. You know, so let's stand up and we'll see God.
uh, move in our midst. Amen. Amen. Ways to become a fruitful Christian. Amen. Number one way to become a fruitful Christian, you must be connected to God. You must be connected to God. Amen. There is no way you can be on your own and flourish as a believer. Because that seed is already on you. And that seed needs to be watered. So the only way to do that is to be in connected to God. Amen. I know we love that uh, at the end of the service, we all say the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know that is scriptural. It's not something that was man-made. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 14. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and 14. So that when we, we do things, you will understand it's a prophetic declaration. Amen. Praise God. There we go. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. So every time at the end of the service, we say the grace, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. This is what we are saying. We are saying, and the communion of the Holy Ghost. If we don't commune with him, it means, you know, we're just living our own life. It's like a Christian who would say, I'll only pray for one hour, and the rest of the day I'll do my own things. Do you know it's better to be constantly talking to God throughout the day rather than to come and, and, and do that religious prayer for one hour and then you like, what time is it? You're checking the time. It's like, oh, have I been here? Not even 15 minutes. I've got an hour to go. Because, you know, prayer can, can take a lot from you. It's, it's a practice you need to practice. I don't know about you, but when, when I gave my life to Christ, I couldn't pray for long. I just thought, how on earth can they pray that long? I couldn't understand it. It's better for us to have the communion of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Throughout the whole day. If you can't pray for 15 minutes long, start by five minutes. Don't be under compulsion to say, I have to. Pastor says, everyone must pray for one hour. So we are praying for one hour. And if I'm, even if I'm there not doing anything, I'm there for one hour. But it's better for you to commune with God in the morning. Wake up in the morning. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you are ordering my path this morning. Everywhere I go, you are going ahead of me. You dress up, you go. Father, thank you for the angels you are sending ahead of me this morning. You get in your car. Thank you, Lord, for your angels that take charge over me, that are going to take me safe to work and back. You get to work. Thank you, Lord, that I have a dominion mandate. I'm here to multiply, to make things better. You know, thank you for this day that I will have a fruitful day. I will have a blessed day. Thank you that everyone I come into contact with will have a blessed day. You carry on doing the, your work. By the time in the afternoon, you you are tired. You are declaring the Lord is my strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are giving me strength to carry on this work until the end of the day. You come back home. Father, thank you for your goodness and mercy has followed me all day long. I have come home to relax. You are talking to him day in, day out. It's better than saying, I'm kneeling before God, and ha, 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 ha. You, you, you fall asleep along the way. And you fall asleep at night, you are, you are praying in your bed. And you wake up and think, oh, I was praying, by the way. It's better, it's meaningful, and it, it achieves results, and you are there to do. So if you abide, the book, in the book of John, chapter 15, um, from verse 1 to 8, Amen. We are taught that God is glorified when we bring fruit. Amen. What does God say? We'll read from verse 1 to 8. Amen. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Amen. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth so that it may bring what? More fruit. Praise God. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken. Amen. 
So the word of God makes us fruitful. Praise God. The word of God changes us. Abide in me and I in you. Amen. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abides in the vine, no more can you except you abide in me. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringing forth what? Much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. I will end it there. Amen. Without God, we can do nothing. If he doesn't give us strength, we can do nothing. If he doesn't wake us up in the morning, we can do nothing. Praise God. So if we abide in him, that mentality of, of communicating with him, whether you are shopping, you find a good deal. Thank you, Lord, for this special offer. Thank you for making a way for me. Thank you that I got a discount I didn't even think about. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for making a way. You know, he is there with you all the time. He is our helper in time of need. So no matter what area of your life is unfruitful, God can turn it around. God can turn it around. Amen. It doesn't matter whether your health is unfruitful, your relationship is unfruitful, your marriage is unfruitful, your finances is unfruitful. God is able to turn everything around. If you would just start by drawing close to him, abide in him. Abide. Don't rush. It's better you communicate with him throughout the day than rush into his presence and out of his presence. Amen. So it's better we have that sweet communion. Amen. The number two way of becoming a fruitful Christian is to give thanks. This is not limited. This is more than a few ways, but I'll just give you a few is to give thanks. Amen. Whatever you have, lift it up before God and give thanks. And God who is able to multiply is able to do it. Amen. In the book of John chapter number 6, from the second verse to um, verse 12, we are told of the story of Jesus multiplying the bread and the fish. Amen. Let's read it quickly. And the great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. So the multitude will also always follow when they see miracles. Do you don't think any, any of your friends, when they see a miracle in your life, they won't want to know how you did it? How, how come you have this when you are not meant to have it? How come you, you know, you are healed when last year you were run, rushing off to the doctors? How come your marriage is working when everyone said it will never, ever work? How come you are being fruitful? The multitudes, they followed him. And Jesus went up into a mountain and there he sat with his disciples. Verse 3. Amen. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews was nigh. Praise God. When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw the great company come into him, he said unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? This is Jesus' question asking. And this he said to prove him, for he knew himself what he would do. So Jesus asked Philip, How can we feed these multitudes? But Jesus knew the answer, what the answer would be. He was asking to prove, to test Philip, to see if he is already seeing what he's seeing, what will happen. Amen? Amen. Praise God. And Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient. That's not a talk of faith, isn't it? For them, that every one of them may take a little. She says, it's not enough, isn't it? What we have is not enough. Amen? One of his disciples, Andrew and Simon and Peter's brother, saith unto him, look what they're going to say. There is a lad which had five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? The disciples are not talking a faith language, are they? They haven't been to Solution Chapel, haven't they? <laughs> Amen. What are these? And Jesus said, make the man sit down. Amen. This is Jesus' order. And now there was much grass in the place, so the man sat down, and in number about 5,000. Wow. How is it going to happen? Two loaves and five fishes. Oh, my God. And Jesus said, took the loaves, and when he had given 
thanks. Amen. He distributed it to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. Praise God. This is where the miracle happened. This is where your unfruitfulness can, can be turned around. Amen. It may look small in your hand what you have. The idea may look very small, but when you lift it up and give thanks to God, that company you are starting may look too small in your eyes, but when you lift it up before God, amen, amen. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. Next one, please. And when they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing be lost. Amen. God is a fruit. How can you feed 5,000? It doesn't make sense, isn't it? With the amount they had. That's when the super and the natural comes together to form a partnership. Amen. Give thanks. Give thanks. Amen. You have a husband. Give thanks. Things are not working out at the moment. What is working out that you can lift it up before God and give thanks? You are not feeling well. Father, today I choose not to focus on what's not going right. I just choose to thank you for what I have in my body. I don't choose to focus on the unfruitfulness, but I just take what I have, which is working, which I have, and I lift it up before you. You want to get married? You don't see anything. Father, I thank you for my husband, but now I choose to thank you for the peace I have while I'm being single. I lift it up before you while I'm waiting for a spouse to come in. What do you have that you can lift it up before God? The marriage is not working, you think, but there's always something positive in every relationship. There's always something, you can never be in a relationship and everything is completely negative. If you are being truthful and honest with yourself, there will always be something good that you have. If it's not working at the moment in one area, there is one area that you can lift it up before God. To say this area, Lord, is unfruitful, but now I choose to lift this area up and give thanks. Amen. In your finances, it might not look all right, but did you eat this morning? Lift up your foot and say, Father, things are not working out yet, but I had a bowl of conflicts this morning. So I thank you for what you have given me. And I thank you that things are changing. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No matter how big the need is, there's always a seed. No matter how big the need is, there's always a seed. Look in your life. No matter how big the need, you might need accommodation today. But where did you sleep yesterday? Lift that up before God and say, Father, I might not have a place today, but today, yesterday, somebody gave me a place to stay. And I just want to thank you for that. And as you thank him, he's multiplying things in your life. He's causing that unfruitfulness to be drawn to this fruitful, se to this fruitful season. He's causing that unfruitfulness to diminish because the more you lift something up, that other thing becomes smaller. A lot of marriages don't work because people zoom in on, on an unnecessary mistake. Whereas there are so many things that can be lifted up and thank God. Amen. So today in every area that is unfruitful, go home, have a look what is working for you. Amen. Go home and have a look what is waiting for you. Amen. That was number two. Amen. While we're giving thanks, the third thing that will cause your life to be fruitful, another way of causing your life to be fruitful, is to tithe. Amen. I know we don't talk much about that, but it's to tithe. Because tithing removes yourself from everything else and puts God first. When you tithe, you are partnering with God. When you give, you are partnering with God. Amen. 
That is when divinity and humanity again, they merge together to form a possibility. The divine nature of God and your human nature, they come together and they form a possibility. Praise God. So when you tithe, you are not just bringing money. You are partnering with him, says God. I worked, I, 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 I had a long night. I, I was really tired. My feet were aching. But because you have blessed me, here I come. I'm coming to partner with you for open heaven. On Thursday, I was teaching here about every single word that comes from the mouth of God has two things in it. It's got your part and it's got God's part. There is a condition to be met and there is God's conditions to be met. There is a condition that you and I need to meet. And there is a condition that God will, will, will do it himself. It doesn't matter how. I, I made an example that in, in, in the wedding of Cana, it was going to be an embarrassing wedding without wine. Amen. But Jesus was there. He says to them, bring the water. He didn't say, bring the water. I'll tell you the formula of how to get wine out of this. He says, bring the water. That's what they did. And Jesus did what? Turned the water into wine. Malachi 3.10, please. Tithing is another way of walking in fruitfulness. Bring ye the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. What's your part there? Is to bring it. Don't ask God, how are you going to multiply this tithe? God, which, which investment are you going to put this tithe to yield? God, how are you going to multiply this so that I can have food? God, this amount is enough to pay for a certain debt in my life. He says, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Bring it, bring it, bring it to me. Don't ask me how I will open the windows of heaven. Don't ask me how I will bless you. Don't ask me how I will do it. Because if I tell you the exact way I'm going to do it, it will be too much for you. You see, God is like, when you bring your tithe, it's like you are insured with God. He open, he, it's like the car insurance, the health insurance, your pet insurance. What other kind of insurances are there? House insurance. It's, there's pet insurance even, yeah? What other insurance are there? Life insurance, amen? Income, uh, uh, protection, everything. It's an all-in-one. You, you see it as money that is leaving you. It's, it's only just 10%, you know. <laughs> it's only just 10% of what is there. But why is it so difficult? He wants to make us fruitful. And when he makes you fruitful, if God is going to destroy barrenness in your life, how much is it worth? If God is going to give you a business idea that will bring you tens and tens and millions of thousands, how much is your tithe of 100 pounds worth? If God is going to heal your body, how much is your 100 pounds worth when you go to the NHS or private clinic and ask them to heal you of this thing that God has healed you of? How much will you pay for them to get to the bottom of it? So you see the tithe is not just... Don't look at it as money. You are partnering with him. You say, Father, we are partners. If I'm partnering with you in my business, my business will flourish. The windows of heaven will open over my business continuously, perpetually. Amen. And it's not a one-off thing. It's a continuous, it's a lifestyle. Amen. It's a lifestyle. One, it's you learn it. Some people tie the reverse. When God has blessed you so much, you can tithe. Some people tithe 90%. It depends how much God has blessed you and how much you trust God. Just trust him. That's all it takes. Just trust him. Says, And the good thing about God, he, he makes provision available for any doubt, any situation that might arise. Because he says, prove me now. Because he knew there would be somebody who said, why should I tithe? Why, 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 why? Why, why should I bring my money? Why, this money I can pay, this credit card bill, this money I can use to do this, this money I can do that. He says, prove me. If you haven't started tithing, it's your time to just prove him. Say the Lord of hosts. See, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, 
crap on you. Amen. So it's time for us to take dominion and tithe and see God open the windows of heaven. It might be an idea that God will open your mind to. It might be a phone call that God will open your mind to. You receive a phone call that changes your life. God's way, he's always looking for ways to prosper you. So once you've brought your tithe, he's always looking for a way on how it can prosper you. So he's just not a taker. God is an investor. Amen. He's, he's God. He's got your heart. He's got everything about you in mind. He has good plans for you. Amen. Praise God. That is why it's important for us as a church individuals, write a vision. Because when you write a vision of where you want to be, as you begin to tithe, you speak. You say, Lord, thank you for opening the windows of heaven. I don't know which one will work for me, what idea will work for me, but I pray that you bring in the resources. And when he's opened the windows of heaven, no one can shut them. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Point number four. Amen. How to have you turning ways of becoming a fruitful Christian. Amen. Connect with your prophet. Amen. Connect with your prophet. You know, the God uses our prophet to speak to us. Our prophet is your mouthpiece of God here on earth. When our senior pastor is standing here or anyone is declaring the word of God, they are in the prophetic realm. I might stand here, I might say some things. And it might be something you need for the journey ahead. I don't know. I'm speaking under the influence of the Holy Spirit. I, was, I had written it yesterday. I stayed till about three in the morning. I was just writing because what I say is what he told me yesterday. Your prophet is your mouthpiece of God here on earth. Believe when he says what he says. The Bible says in the book of Hosea 12, 13, and by a prophet. Amen. The Lord brought Israel out of Egypt and by a prophet, they were preserved. Amen. Hosea 12, 13. And by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. Any season of unfruitfulness, it means it's in Egypt. Amen. If your finances are in Egypt now, by a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. And by a prophet was he preserved. God wants to preserve your life. And this will take the word from your prophet to preserve your life. Amen. I've had so many powerful testimonies recently of what our men of God declared. And it's happening. I think the week before he left, he just out randomly began to say, in 17 days, somebody will have keys to their house and it has happened and it has happened and it has happened and it has happened somebody called I said pastor we have exchanged I'm getting my keys I said praise God I was sharing with pastor yesterday he was over the moon I could tell he was jumping where he was you know he was so excited he said really did I say that he couldn't even remember, he said in 17 days, somebody will get their keys. Because when he speaks, he speaks under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So whatever word comes, it's for you. It's not, it's not for anybody. Any word that comes, grab it like it's God is using him as a mouthpiece or using any of the pastors as a mouthpiece for him to speak into your season. Amen. So every word that they proclaim, it has a blessing for you. Amen. Second Kings chapter four. We are told of a story of a woman, two women. From first Kings chapter four, one to seven is one woman. From chapter from the same chapter, from verse eight downwards is another woman. Amen. We are told a woman who was in debt. And they wanted to take the life of her sons as a collateral, as a down payment. Can you imagine somebody coming to take your children as a down payment for a debt? How painful that would be. Children you have raised all your life and the enemy comes to take them as, as, a, as a down payment for, for what you owe. 
what's a life to have? He might, they might not take them physically, but they might torment or do something to your children because of a debt you have. And that's not God's idea, amen. But this story was changed because there was a prophet in this woman's life, amen. And the prophet, and then a woman cried out, amen, of the wives and the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant fear the Lord, and the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons as bondmen. Amen. As slaves. Can you imagine somebody coming to enslave your children because of a debt? Amen. This is why, you know, the husband is gone but has left a debt. So in this church, we teach you that write a vision for your children. Write a vision for your family. Write a vision for your life. Write a vision for, for, for how, if anything should happen, if God should take you before, what do you have in place? to take care of your children. What do you have in place to take care of your children? We can't work, 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 shift, 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 work, 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 and all we do is spend it on today and don't think about the future. Our children are the future, amen. Our children are, if you do your financial planning, think about your children. We are all going at, a, at an old age, 120, but should anything happen, should God call you home? Because no one knows when God is going to call us home. Do you have a will in place? Do you have life insurance that will make sure they get catered for? Do you have funeral arrangements so that the people left behind don't have to cry and think, where are we going to get the money? It, this is, these are, are, are genuine truths that we need to think about. Life insurance. It doesn't mean we don't trust God, we will leave. We do. He says, make a vision, write it plain, and he who sees it will run with it. Amen. We know we commit everything we have to God, but should anything happen, are we ready? Let's turn our unfruitfulness into fruitfulness. Take a portion. These days, life insurance costs not even 40p a day. Just life insurance. Take that money, put it aside. Secure your children so that if anything happens, at least you have given them a start in life. Amen. Amen. We know we're going at 120, but what have you got for them? If you didn't have your house by the time you are 30, how about them have their house? By the time they finish uni, you've bought them a house. How about that? Give them a, a, a head step in life. Amen. These things are possible. Amen. So what shall I do to thee? Tell me, what hast thou in your house? And she said, thy handmaid had not anything in the house save a pot of oil. I did say, you do have something in your house. You do have something in your relationship that you can work with. You do have something in your body that you can present before God. So she had a man of God who told her what to do, and she did it, and the oil just kept flowing and kept flowing and kept flowing until she paid all her debts. Amen. If you have a debt, it's good. Start, say, don't regret and say, oh, why did I do this? Fair enough. Start from somewhere. Put it down. How much do I owe? Do I owe 2,000 pounds? Okay, how am I going to reduce this amount? Start paying it bit by bit, bit by bit. Before you know it, you are done. Amen? And with the grace of God, with the blessings of God, somehow God will make a way for you for that debt to be written off. But if God sees that you're life is orderly, he will bless you. Don't run away from what you owe. Face it in the eye and present it before God. She presented what she owed before the, 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 the man of God. And the man of God told you what to do. Go get the empty pots. Fill them with oil. With the anointing, with the blessing, anything can overrun and that debt was written off. I believe God is writing out a lot of debts in the mighty name of Jesus and is able to make that unfruitful finances to be fruitful in the mighty name of Jesus. Just believe that God can do it. Amen. Amen. And the second woman in the book of Second Kings, the same was a great woman, the Shunammite woman, who saw that this is a man of God. And he decided to build, to build him a, a, a room in their house because he saw that he was coming back and forth. Amen. 
and to his to her blessings the man of god asks what is it that you need in your life what is it everyone has some form of need that they need in their lives that they need met and when you present it and you are praying with your man of god and you are receiving the word of truth everything can turn around amen praise god are you receiving something today amen amen and the number 5 way praise god of how to become a fruitful Christian. Amen. Is to keep godly company. Keep godly what? Company. Psalms 1, 1 to 3. Keep godly company. Praise God. Amen. As we try and round up. Our time is gone. Psalms 1, 1 to 3. Praise God. Are we there? Amen. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Amen. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate how? Day and night, amen. And he shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Praise God. The secret is in the first verse, amen. Not to dwell in the, amen, in the company of the ungodly. The language of the ungodly is different to our language. We are not saying don't work with them because that's how we're going to influence them. But don't be in their company, enjoy their company because then they corrupt your good manners. Amen. They dilute your goodness. That's right. Do not be equally yoked with unbelievers. 2 Corinthians 6.14. Amen. What communion had light with darkness? If you are communing with darkness for 70% of your day, trust me, it's only a matter of time before darkness falls upon you. If you are communing with light 80% of the day, I can guarantee your path will be full of light. But if you are communing with darkness all the time, a friend who is negative, a friend who doesn't believe in God, a friend who doesn't believe in faith, when you speak the language of faith, they think you are very arrogant, um, because if you are speaking by faith, sometimes it may look like you are arrogant, but you are not. You are just speaking by faith. Amen. If somebody say, I have a, a, a six-bedroom house in Jesus' name, amen, they think this one is a dreamer or what's going on with them? Yeah, they've gone a bit funny. They say they have this six-bedroom house, but we cannot see it. You know, they are dreamers. It's okay. The one who speaks by faith will understand my language. Amen. If I say my body is healed when you've been in pain, you've been in hospital last week, and you say I'm completely whole, they think, what's wrong with her? Light and darkness cannot commune together. It's like in a relationship, if you are not in a relationship yet, my prayer for you is you will go for light. If you are in, in, in the kingdom of light, go for the kingdom of light. If you are a believer, go for a believer. Amen. If you are born again, go for the born again Christian. Because your language is the same. You are not starting off from a different language. You can imagine at night you want to wake up and pray. And your non-believing husband at that time is, is not a Christian. And you are busy. Keep quiet. I want to sleep. You want to bless the food they don't understand. You want to pay the child. They say, why do you waste money and give it to the church? Everything you do, you are facing opposition because light and darkness cannot dwell together. Amen. It's a different story if you are married to somebody, you've been married to them, and, and, and they are not Christians. That's fine. They can be warned. The Bible tells us that they can be warned by the conduct of the wife or the husband. If you are already in it, we are not saying come out of it. You can win that person by your conduct by the way you present yourself, by the way you carry yourself, by the way they see you worship God, by your testimonies, they, they will slowly come into the kingdom of God. But if you have a choice at this minute, unequal yoking is not going to work. 
You want to come to church? They want to go to the club. You want to come to a prayer meeting? They want to go to golf. You want to praise God? They want to put on their music, worldly music, and there's a clash, it's a boom, boom, boom on the other side, and you're lifting your holy hands on the other side. So in the house, you end up with one room for this rock music and one room for, for Christian music. And how do you raise children in that environment? This one is going that way. This one is coming that way. So by God's grace, if you are already in it, it can work. If it's unfruitful, God can turn things around by your conduct in that marriage. Amen? In your finances, just lift it up before God. Don't talk to non-believers who tell you, oh, no, take your tithe. Don't give your tithe first. Go and do your shopping for your house and eat and everything. But they don't realize that once you've given God the first, the rest is blessed. The rest is blessed. Amen. The rest is blessed. Praise God. So in our walk with God, there is that language of faith that the godly person understands and the ungodly does not understand. Amen. So in this language of faith, we speak great things. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Wow. My time is nearly up. What, what number was that? Number five. Number six. How to live a fruitful life as a believer. Tame your tongue. Tame your tongue. Amen. Everyone has a tongue. Everyone has an opinion. <laughs> it's not every opinion that is correct. Amen. Remember the language of faith. If you want to speak fruitfulness, if you want to see fruitfulness, you have to speak fruitfulness. Amen. If you want to see yourself somewhere, picture yourself fruitful. Picture yourself fruitful. How will my life be if I'm really fruitful in this area? And as you picture it, you will capture it. As you picture it, you will draw near to it. Amen? So picture yourself fruitful. Amen? Speak by faith. Amen? We've heard pastors talk about speaking by faith so many times that, you know, everything we do, we, our tongue is creative. We are like God. Everything we say becomes to pass. If you are facing a negative situation, it's not for you to say, oh, I'm going to die because the doctor said this is the diagnosis I have. And people who have this diagnosis, they don't go beyond this age. So, you know, what shall I do? I'm going to die. Tame your tongue. And our taming of the tongue is consistent. It has to be every day. We are tempted to say certain things. The book of James chapter 3 about taming the tongue, amen? James chapter 3, 4 to 12. He says that the tongue is such a small organ, but once it's let loose, oh my God, trouble. Amen. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of the fierce winds. They are turned about with a very small helm, whichsoever the governor listed. So a ship is just turned you know, any direction. So, even so, the tongue is a little member and boasted great things. Behold how great a matter, a little fire it kindles. A tongue can kindle fire just like this. Amen? It can kindle fire just like this. It just takes a statement you say that will light up fire in somebody's life. You are a friend, you say something negative about them immediately. And the worst thing about taming your tongue, once you've untamed it and let, let it loose, it's difficult to, you can't go and pull those words out. Amen? So about our husbands, what are we saying about their lives? Amen? About our children, what are we saying? Amen? Amen? About our finances, what are we saying? Are we taming our tongue or are we letting our tongue loose? Oh, no, no, this debt, it will never be paid. It's just too much. How am I going to get through this? Yet, tame your tongue. When you think of saying something negative, you, can, you have the power to just, just 
keep quiet, just bite your tongue and not let it go. Amen. It's easy to say the wrong thing and regret it. Do you know if you've said the wrong thing in the morning, do you know it, it really haunts you all day long? I don't know about you, but if you've said something wrong, you feel bad the whole day. And the worst thing, you cannot take a rubber and erase it. it you've already said it. The only thing you can say, I'm sorry. Amen? This is why in this church we always teach in marriages that, you know, communication is so important. And for you to be faithfully married to somebody and continue until God reigns forever is to be rooted in Christ. Amen? Because you can say so many things to each other that may be upsetting, that it may cause somebody else to, to, to rise up in flames just like that. Amen? Three things you should always remember in your marriage no matter what. Three words you should be able to say without even thinking about it when you've done wrong. I am sorry. Please, thank you. I am sorry. Please, if you want something, and thank you. A heart of gratitude will met somebody. If you are wrong, be quick to say, I'm sorry. If you're asking somebody to iron their, you know, they want <clears throat> your clothes to be ironed, just say, please, can you do this for me? Don't demand. Those words will keep you going and going and going. Even when you do the wrong thing and when you are angry with each other, be quick to be the one to say, I'm really sorry. I really am sorry. It might not be you who's wrong, but just to make sure the atmosphere is good. Amen? Amen? Praise God. Amen? <laughs> Amen. Tame our tongue. Let's speak faith into our children's life. Don't say these children is battling with meds. They are really struggling with meds. The more struggling you speak, the more they really find it hard to grab the concept. Because meds for some people is really hard. But the more you say, oh, this child cannot understand meds. You are just adding to what they are already going through. Yeah, just adding, oh, my husband can never be better. He's always like this. My money cannot change. I cannot have enough because every time I have it, it dries out. That's what you're going to see. Faith speaks what we want to see. Amen. We speak what we want to see. If you want your body healed, speak by faith. I am healed. Amen. If you want things to work out around your life, speak by faith. And as you speak by faith, things begin to happen. Amen. As we conclude, Philippians chapter 4, 8. Wow, I didn't even, yeah. Ch Philippians chapter 4 from verse 8. This is the, our kind of thought patterns as believers. And I believe our life will turn around to be fruitful. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Amen? Whatsoever things are true, think about them. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever is just, whatsoever is pure, have a pure thought. Amen. Don't assume in your head, in your mind, that your husband meant for bad things to happen. Just turn it around. Whatsoever things are pure. I'm just thinking, yeah, he's thinking a very holy thought towards me at the moment. Whatsoever things are lovely. Think on these things. What are you going to do to better somebody's life? What are you going to do to enhance somebody's life? Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If somebody hears about this, is it a good report? Whatsoever things, is it a good report? Amen? Think on these things. Whatsoever things are of virtue. Think on them. Whatsoever things, anything that is any praise, think on these things. Amen? This should be our thought pattern as, as believers for our lives to be fruitful. Amen. For our lives to be fruitful. Anything pure, anything just, anything honest, just 
build your Christian life on solid rock. Be a Christian who really is a Christian. Amen. Be a Christian who says they will do what they said they will do. Praise God. Be a Christian of virtue. Be a Christian who is knowledgeable. Anything, whatsoever things that are lovely. Whatsoever things that are of good report. If anything is, is, is being spoken about you, will it be a good report? Will it be lovely? When somebody heard you've spoken about them, will it be a good report you've spoken about them? Will it be a lovely thing you've said about them? Is it a pure thing you've said about them? Is it a just thing you've said about them? Is it honest? You know, these are our thought patterns. Whatsoever things that are lovely, are beautiful, are praiseworthy, anything that gives glory to God, that should be our lifestyle. Amen. That should be our lifestyle all the days of our life. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah, somebody. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to The Solution Word by Pastor Adama Segbeji. For prayer or further details, please call us on 01293-885000. Or why not visit us this Sunday at 10 a.m. at Solution, Barnfield Road, Northgate, Crawley, RH10, 8HQ. Your experience at Solution is sure to be a time of great blessing. Solution, bringing hope to the hopeless and solution to the nations.